0: G'day, g'day, g'day. Welcome to episode 7 of the Average Man podcast. Uh, Time to relax. I am your host, Dave Robinson. Um, Yeah, first of all, I just want to give a quick shout out to PCC Productions, the audio-visual specialist servicing the Pilbara, whether it's rehearsal space, recording studio, equipment hire, or events production you're after. PCC has you covered. Find them on Facebook and Instagram, Get in touch with Brad, and him and the team will be more than, shorty, uh, more than happy to help you. Also, shout out to Two Way Hire Services. They're a Perth-based company providing two-way radio equipment and services. Um, they're more than happy to service you and your business up here in the Pilbara and to help meet your communication requirements. Two Way Hire Services are a small business willing to do the big things. Uh, sorry, small sur- a small business willing to do the small things that matter. Yeah, get hold of them on Instagram or Facebook. Mention the podcast, and Ross and the team will be sure to look after you. Right <clears throat> episode seven I'm back in the car I'm back in the car because I got a busy weekend on I've got a bunch of things I'm doing, so rather than dedicate it's ended up being like three or four hours of my morning each time um so this week, I'm just gonna yeah. I just shoot down, shoot out here quickly um, and just pump it out. It's take, you know, take me an hour and a half, two hours or something like that. Once I, I, I've knocked up all my notes and then to, to pump this out. So, yeah, got a little bit on. didn't have the luxury of spending all morning sort of sorting it out and, and going into Wedgefield and everything. So here we are back up on the, um, the lookout. A beautiful day, man. It's a perfect day for it. it kind I was kind of keen to get up here anyway and, and look at the water for my inspiration. So no stress there. Um... Yeah, started in the morning. What to do? Um, jumped up, went for a morning run. Uh, we took one of the dogs with me, pumped out a ten k morning run because it was just beautiful this morning, man. I've been working um, in Port Hedland this morning at these uh, this week at these units where we can see the water from a lot of them. So you're working away every now and then, you stick your head out the door and just see the water. It's been beautiful, man. Really good week. I know there's a couple of guys. Well, there's. Shitloads of people out in the water today. There's a couple of guys. One of the dudes I work with in particular, he's out. Shout out to Lukey out there diving. At Geo's. Ah, would love to have been with him. I didn't put my hand up for it because I knew I had a busy weekend. I just sort of kept quiet when he was talking about it this weekend. But I've got to get out with him next time, man. So I'll be I'll be vocalising that. Um, yeah. When I, when, I, when the next opportunity comes up I really need to get out in the water and have a dive I went out last weekend just out the front of my house with my brother-in-law we Didn't have the best weather It was sort of windy mornings And then it would drop off of, uh, You know Decent enough in the afternoon To get out and do some shit So He and I went out on the Sunday Sunday Avo, Just right out in front of my house Walked out on the reef there And dived on a few bombies it was, The visibility was a little bit shit But It was a nice spot I'll, I'll try it again when we got some better Better vis maybe Um yeah, even though it should have been kind of good, I think it was good in other places. But yeah, some good bombies out there. It was good to get my head underwater. But I'm definitely keen to jump on the boat with with Luki next time and get out there. So if you listen to this dude, I've said it now, you know I want to come out. I just had a busy weekend, so I didn't I didn't sort of push the point at all this week. So he'll be rubbing that in all week, no doubt. I hope he hope he kills it, man. He's going for some mackies and some reds and shit like that. So they got good veers. It's a lot of movement, so you know, um, yeah, they'll have to kind of be onto it we got a Bodie out there with them So I'm sure they'll have a good day, man And, and uh, best of luck to him. But he'll be rubbing that in during the week, no doubt Man, I had to get out and do my run this morning Because I had a real lazy uh, I had a lazy week After having my, my um, sister and brother-in-law and, and the kids up last weekend I just ate some sh- so, you know, Started eating sort of shitty food And then that kind of just rolls on To, you know, I had a couple of Sort of you know, sort of ish kind of nights And that rolled into the week And then I sort of just didn't I didn't continue, like, I didn't. I sort of continued about eating basically during the week, and I feel like, man, I'm getting older, and it sucks. The older I get, and the more I learn about nutrition and stuff as well, like, the more I feel like it applies to me. Uh, eating too much sugary, sort of carbohydrate foods, and I just get real sluggish. Both my shoulders have flared up. I've got arthritis in both, both my shoulders, but it's pretty well um, managed with diet and exercise. And they both flared up so I haven't been to the gym all week um, that was one reason another reason was just because I've been lethargic again probably because of the food man so that's happening my back flares up I just feel sluggish it's like man I can't get away with anything I've got to be spot on which you know it's, it's good it's good to be spot on on your diet but it's, it's you know, you let yourself go for a weekend or a week and I feel like shit I feel like shit all week so I had to go for a run this morning blow the cobwebs out refresh the system my sister, bless her, bought me a bunch of bought us a bunch of chocolates and shit like that, so I've been smashing them during the week as well, which doesn't help. Uh, so yeah. Went for the run this morning, trying to get myself back on track for the week and um yeah, yeah. I just can't do it as I get older, man. So that's what happens. What happens to our bodies um, Critique from last week sort of, I might as well do this straight out the gate Because it's kind of become a little bit of a thing um, Each week I talk about what I'm trying to improve And what I think I did wrong You know, the week before And it kind of sets a tone for the rest of the podcast So I'll jump straight into that uh, And I think that for me Last week I put a lot of prep work into it uh, and I made, you know, I didn't want to stuff up all my my basic information again, and, and I wanted to get all the specifics right, so I wasn't stumbling over people's names and dates and, and events and shit like that. Which is cool, I got to do that, but I found maybe I I went too too hard in the paint on the on the prep. You know, I had so many notes, man. I spent like two hours there on the morning as well, getting everything ordered, like or everything in order, and I feel like it was just too uh, too formal. Yeah, it was too formal for me Like, I haven't found that balance yet Of of um, making sure I've got everything All the the important shit written down So I can just go Refer straight to my notes And go, yep that's This is the point I want to hit Bang, bang, bang But also not having things written And structured I work better with just You know, just some dot points Where I can glance over Just for a bit of a guide And then I can just I can just run Like, it's got to be free flowing I think I think for me to enjoy this and then f- therefore listeners to enjoy it, it has to be uh, authentic, it has to be free-flowing. I'm not a write-it-down, rehearse-it kind of guy. I even did my little weed spiel last week, which, you know, um, was a little tongue-in-cheek uh, spiel, highlighting my opinions uh, and some of the facts surrounding the, the marijuana and medicinal marijuana industries in like Australia, US, Canada. Leading off the fact that Canada has recently um, legalised recreational marijuana, and that's cool. Like that, I, I like that little spiel I wrote, but it was, you know, it was very rigid and it didn't, it didn't flow, and I, and I stumbled over a lot of the points, which kind of made it lose a lot of its, uh, a lot of its efficacy. So. Uh, those kind of things, I've said. I'm going to write little stories out, down and try and slip them into the podcast. Just because I think, like I said previously, also I have these ideas, these thoughts. You know, they pop into my head. I want to write them down and then try and get them out. Just so I don't, the thought doesn't just die in my head. Like I, it's been years now since I've been done. I've been doing any hip hop and any music. You know, I used to love writing lyrics and uh, spitting them out and get, getting that getting that out into the world it feels good feels good to get those thoughts out in circulation then make room for more thoughts and I guess that's what I'm trying to do now with this podcast get my thoughts out my opinions my views I've got to write things down as they come into my head and I haven't found the the best way to to write things down and then uh, relay them on the podcast in in an authentic way so that was me having a crack at it you know and and I'll keep trying to do it in different ways but um, while I strongly agree with my opinion and my views and i and i liked that little spiel i wrote i didn't like the way it came off it didn't roll off the tongue right you know maybe it didn't it didn't quite hit like i wanted it to so yeah things have to be more free-flowing for me uh, and yeah i need less notes sort of just just more of a rough guide of what i'm gonna what i'm gonna talk about and then i just need to go i got to enjoy it man It's got to be fun So then you guys can have fun listening too That's my critique from last week So we'll see how I go Trying to strike a balance up Now this week it Probably means there'll be more ums and ahs And maybe a couple more little gaps Here and there But this is episode 7 I'm just learning Trying to get better on the job And um, hopefully there's people listening So that's also the double edged sword Hopefully there's people listening And then if there is people listening They're going to hear me fuck things up And stumble over my words and And um you grasp for what I'm trying to say every now and then But you know uh, it's, it's, it's all part of it So that's my critique, moving along The week's events uh, Last week I did a UFC rundown For the big UFC 226 Last Sunday And Man I was way off on <laughs> I think I was pretty off on most of my uh, Picks Uh, That's why I don't actually bet my money on the UFC, it's too uh, wishy-washy You can know all the statistics and know who's a better fighter, what their records are, what their tendencies are What you think's going to happen coming into the night But yeah, dudes can just rock up and and flip the script on you It happens quite a lot, especially if you're talking about just quick knockouts and things like that So I'll do a bit of a recap anyway of, of what actually went down last Sunday uh, I think the top card on the on the undercard was Paulo Boricina, uh defeating Uriah Hall via TKO. Now Paula, Paulo Paulo he's a Brazilian cat. They, people are calling him Mini Mini Vitor, which is kind of what he looks like. He looks like a smaller version of Vitor Belfort. They are both middleweights, but Vitor is famously blown up when he gets on the uh, testosterone. Slash steroids And he can be a beast of a man Boricina kind of looks like He's got that TIT body But I mean Apparently he's passing the tests Dude's probably just a genetic freak Really But He uh, he uh, smoked Uriah Hall Via TKO uh, And now they're talking about A fight with Boricina Versus Stylebender Stylebender also fought On the Saturday On the UFC Tough finale uh, He beat Brad Tavares in a five-round fight, so that was a decision. Great fight, great striking uh, clinic put on by Stylebender. This dude is a um, he's a Nigerian Kiwi, a tall, skinny, dark fella, um, fighting out of of New Zealand in in a great camp over there. He fights alongside Dan Hooker and a few other killers they've got in in their camp there. Uh, He's a he's a striker. Yeah, he's got decent. He's not one of these just. Straight strikers That's come over Into MMA He's been in MMA For a while He's trained grappling just, you know, His jiu jitsu Things like that um, And he's built up A decent record On the circuit Before coming into UFC So he's, he's built a name For himself In, in uh, He's done boxing He's done kickboxing Muay Thai And now MMA Built up a decent record Decent name for himself Undefeated in MMA and um, they're talking about a fight between these two guys. They're yeah, the two young hungry lions coming up in middleweight right now. The guys to watch. So that's interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, style Bender was on the Joe Rogan Experience this week as well, and I think he's 30. He looks like, he looks like a miniature John Jones. Um, kind of has that yeah, a similar style to him as well. Fights really long, throws a lot of interesting stuff. Um, and yeah, he, he handled himself really well On the on the Joe Rogan experience Really cool cat Just uh, the conversation flow well I was a fan of his fighting before this And his work on the mic in the um, post-fight interviews And now I'm a fan of him as just as a person I think he's a good dude So he's one to watch, follow Get in behind the local Aussies and Kiwis And support them Man, we've got a champion now Robert Whitaker. We've got some good guys coming up Like I mentioned before Dan Hooker So yeah, keep an eye on the Kiwis and the Aussies Get behind them, man Um... <clears throat> Khalil Roundtree defeated Gokhan Saki via KO. I had it going the other way. Um, but, yeah, it was just explosive power from Roundtree. He's a legit KO artist, this dude. And he, yeah, he just exploded out, straight right hand, bang, put uh, Gokhan down, a couple of punches on the ground to, just to, to make sure things were all um, official. <laughs> and um, Gokhan Saki... He is a traditional striker coming over from from kickboxing with a with a really impressive record. Older dude now, 38, 39, something like that. So, but um, coming over with a really you know legit background in in kickboxing, world champ, multiple time world champion, and things like that. And um, sometimes it just doesn't. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't translate. Being uh, an elite striker coming into MMA, we see it quite often. You see guys who have this great background in in, kickboxing or uh, Muay Thai, and they come over into the UFC, and you think they should have a leg up on everybody in the stand-up, but because of the difference in timing, the difference in the the, uh, distance, the difference in stance, when when you've got to think about takedowns, etc., quite often these dudes get knocked out by... By MMA strikers who are kind of entry level strikers on on the world stage, but there's something about that timing, distance, and speed that uh, these guys, a lot of them, have trouble with. Go Saki got smoked by the uh, by the heavy hitting Khalil Ra- Roundtree on the um on the on the weekend, and that's yeah. So there goes that. And there was a, a comment put up by Brendan Schaub on his uh, his um below the belt podcast he was talking about this exact thing strikers coming over and struggling a little bit when they hit the ufc style who i was just speaking of put a video up on his instagram page recording that and sort of telling Brennan to to shush because he took it as if he was speaking about him being a striker coming over to mma then dana white's gone and got involved this is like days of our lives here mma days of our lives on instagram dana white's gone and got involved and just put, put brendan Shaw on blast that he's an idiot and All he can teach you is how to get KO'd Doesn't know anything about the fight business Yada 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 Pretty harsh Sort of out of nowhere And then Brendan Schaub's gone at Dana White And just sort of Just ripped into him So there's this There's this Twitter slash Instagram beef Going on between Brendan Schaub From the Big Bam uh, well, It used to be Big Baked Down From Below the Belt And Fighter and the Kid Podcasts And he's an ex-UFC heavyweight So there's a, uh, a Twitter beef uh, Instagram beef between him and Dana White So you know If you're into that sort of days of our lives Bullshit Go online and check that out It's quite funny They're really going hard at each other Dana White loves to get involved In all the uh, the media Like trolls and, and, and Getting into Twitter beefs And Instagram beefs and stuff I don't know Where he finds his free time But yeah He, he enjoys that shit So you can go check it out if you want uh, Anthony Pettis Defeats Michael Chiesa Via submission Now This was good I was stoked with this I'm a big Pettis fan As I mentioned last week he hasn't shown us much in the last couple of years He's looked maybe like he's a little bit tired A bit past it, perhaps I don't know how hungry he is Maybe the sport's caught up to him We don't know We didn't know where he was going to be what how he was going to look But he came out and looked great, man Against Michael Chiesa Who was um, sort of clowning him Giving him the wag of the finger No, no, no When Pettis was going for moves In the middle of one of those exchanges He got clipped with a straight right hand That put him on his back And then led to the finish Which was a, a submission Um Really impressive to submit this guy as well He he got submitted his last uh, fight out by Tony Ferguson Ah sorry By uh, uh, Kevin I've got a mind blank Sorry that'll come back to me in a minute He got submitted last time out as well But um, the guy is a legit Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt He competes and things like that He's really high level His sort of um, go-to movie is a guillotine choke got really good defence So that's two submissions in a row for him Uh, I don't know Maybe it might be time for him to look at moving up a weight class Or something if that weight cut's been a little bit brutal for him As he alluded to after the loss But the big takeaway from that is Anthony Pettis looks great He looks sharp Um, Looks like he can still pull off the amazing uh, You know, holy shit finishes Um, So that's good man The the division and the sport needs him Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee, that's the dude that took him out Took Michael Chester out last time around With a um, a rear naked choke So Moving on from that was Mike Perry. He defeated Paul Felder. Uh, I think he just he just pieced him up. Yeah, pieced him up for the entire three rounds. And I had it going the other way. I had Paul Felder taking control of the fight with his technical uh, Muay Thai and distance control and, and whatnot and, and piecing Perry up because Perry just is an animal that loves to come forward, but not to be. That was a bit of a surprise. I think that surprised a lot of people. Uh, Mike Perry's a guy that's just moved to the um, Greg Jackson, Mike Winklejohn Winkle camp, which is a great camp. Great camp for someone who, like him who's got all the heart and he's got a bunch of skills, you know. He's still a young guy with a good record behind him, a bit of momentum, but he needs some fine tuning. And this is a camp to do that. This is uh, the camp that have been called the best the, the best uh, game planners in, in the business. John Jones, Holly Holm, Donald Cerrone, a list of other superstars, all train at this gym, and and uh, these guys are wizards. They're real masterminds of the sport, so they can take a guy who's got raw aggression and talent like Mike Perry, tweak him, tune him, get him to follow a game plan, mix things up, um, and just yeah, work with with what he's what he's bringing to the table. And if you if you're a good listener, a good coachable listener, and and learner, then you should do well there. And so that was a surprise for him. Good to see him evolving. It was a late. Replacement fight for like by Paul, Paul Felder, so you've got to take that into account. He wasn't training for this fight, he he was probably on a two week fight camp or something like that. So, that is definitely um, something to consider in this fight. But great work by Mike Perry. Then, our co main event, which was replacing the uh, Max Holloway Brian Ortega title fight because Max Holloway dropped out with uh, concussion symptoms. Was the the heavyweight fight Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou? And this everybody was pumped for this fight. People have been talking about this fight for two years. Two huge, big black dudes, heavyweights, both just swing hammers, man, knockout artists. Just they looked the part, scary as shit. Never been in a boring fight between them. And these guys put on an absolute snoozer. Derek Lewis won via uh, slightly more strikes. You win via, via snoozer, to put it that way. This fight literally had the uh, second least amount of strikes thrown in a UFC fight, and you're going back to something like UFC 13 to to beat that record of basically shittest fight ever. <laughs> just, just, just standing there. It was just, Someone described it as, you know when you're um, playing Street Fighter or, or, or Mortal Kombat as a kid and you, you put the game controller down, you shoot off to the kitchen and go grab a sanger sandwich? And the fighter just sort of sits there, like, bobbing back and forward, both fighters. That's that's what this fight looked like for, for the majority of it. And they threw a few punches and kicks in the last round, but, yeah, not happy that both fighters themselves weren't happy with it. They they alluded to it themselves. Um, Nganou said he was still scared and, and gun-shy from the beating he took from Stipe Miocic last time out. Derek Lewis said you know, he's had his back problems again, and, and he, he's... Really wasn't happy with his performance and, and doesn't deserve a title shot after that He reckons that, that put him back a fight or two actually So both guys being been really honest about that Which is refreshing It was shit and they both knew it So whatever, what do you do, move on I'm sure they won't let it happen again It was yuck anyway um, and then the, the main event Which was the super fight I harped on about this one last week And even though it was short lived Definitely delivered man uh, Daniel Cormier defeated Stipe Miochik First round via KO I don't think again anybody saw it going like this If you had DC winning Which I did You probably didn't have him winning by KO And if you did have him winning by KO It wouldn't have been first round You would have thought He'll get, he'll get him in the second, third, fourth round Grind him out a little bit Wrestling maybe uh, TKO him on the ground Or against the cage Something like that but no, he clipped him. It was dirty boxing. Clipped him with a, a straight right. Um, well, it was kind of a bit of a shoveling right hand. Yeah, and finished up with a couple of strikes on the ground and just, yeah, completely uh, knocked him unconscious. Took the heavyweight belt. He's now the two-time uh, two-division weight champ. Two-weight division champ. Yeah. Light heavyweight champ. Asterix next to that one because John Jones knocked him out. And heavyweight champ. No asterix next to that. He beat the legit... Uh, top UFC heavyweight of all time the the most title defences at heavyweight goes to Stipe Miocic and now he's been knocked out by Daniel Cormier who's undefeated at heavyweight so we've got the the best heavyweight of all time on our hands Um, really can't argue that he's the pound for pound number one fighter in the world right now I think you've got to put him above above Mighty Mouse he's a two division champ and he's uh, in the argument for top five uh, greatest of all time the, the GOAT and this is a, a conversation that gets thrown around a lot. However, we've got a legit argument for, for Daniel Cormier. Um, yeah, being a two-weight division champion, only person to do that is Conor McGregor. Um, hasn't defended either of those belts. DC's on track to defend this belt against... Brock Lesnar by the looks of it, if you haven't heard about that Brock Lesnar came in the cage after the fight And there was a bit of WWE pushing, pushing and shoving And cut and a kind of promo type shit going on But um, yeah, being undefeated at heavyweight Two-time champion, two two-weight division champion. Uh, the things he's accomplished at light heavyweight. Only man to ever beat him is John Jones, who's been done for PEDs. So there's a lot of there's a big list of things there why he's the greatest of all time. I I don't put him up there as the actual goat. I think that that's a revolving conversation. People like to take out Anderson Silver and John Jones because they've been done for performance enhancing drugs. That doesn't that doesn't. Uh, it doesn't sit right with me because I think there's other people who are in that conversation that just didn't test positive. We don't know what was happening three, four, five-plus years ago in the wild, wild west, so I don't care, man. John Jones is still the greatest of all time for my money. And then Anderson Silva, and then we can start talking about George St-Pierre and and um, uh, Mighty Mouse, Daniel Cormier, uh, Conor McGregor, all, all after that. But there's a revolving... Um, there is a revolving conversation around that, and you can put you can slip in whoever you like and make a case for it. And there is a big case for for DC right now. So as I mentioned, Brock Lesnar come into the, the the cage afterwards, push DC, cut a promo, quite comical. Seeing the two of those dudes stand next to each other, DC, who's been fighting at light heavyweight, and he's a short, round sort of dude, came in looking heavy at heavyweight, <laughs> thicker than a snickers. Um, he was just looked tiny next to to, to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar makes legitimate 265-pound heavyweights look small, and he, he just dwarfed DC. So that's going to be interesting just to see the dynamics and the size difference of these two guys. Brock's a powerful, powerful wrestler. Wrestling is DC's base. However, the educated guess would say that DC knocks him out, especially he's apparently retaining a lot more power at heavyweight now. He was knocking um, training partners, sparring partners out in, in um, training for this camp because he wasn't brutalized by that weight cut. So I'd say he knocks Brock out, but it could be some interesting action there. Brock Lesnar's not a kind of guy to overlook. He's done it before. He's shocked people multiple times before. He's a freak athlete. He's a huge, fast, powerful man. So who knows, man? It'll definitely be an interesting watch, but my money would be on DC... And then hopefully we've got John Jones coming back sometime soon from suspension. Who knows what the heck's going on with that. He needs to figure that shit out. or well, the USADA need to figure that shit out? Find out when he's eligible to fight again. Then we can start talking about John Jones coming in and taking on the winner of that fight for heavyweight. And he can contend for, for um, legitimate greatest of all time status again so that's exciting, heavyweight division is all of a sudden really exciting, light heavyweight divisions, probably exciting now with DC moving on got Gustafsson coming up, fighting Ozdemir soon I think, there could be another fight with DC and Gustafsson at, at, at light heavyweight, so there's a whole I could talk for half an hour about that those two divisions and what's going on there, I'd probably just end up confusing everybody including myself so I won't do that, but there's a lot going on around the light heavyweight, heavyweight um, divisions big changes made this weekend Uh, Yeah, great fight, legend. Pound for pound, best right now. Top five, GOAT, definitely. He's also talking about retirement pretty soon. He's 40 next year. So this is DC. He's 40 next year. He said he's promised his wife he's not going to fight after his 40th. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping there's a couple of months, three, four, five-month window period there where he can squeeze another fight in. We need need to get two more out of him. Brock Lesnar, then John Jones. That's the plan. That's what we want to see. But yeah, it's going to hold up the heavyweight division for some time Stipe Miochik, who was the longest def- uh, defending heavyweight champion in the UFC ever Would normally get an auto- automatic title defence Simply because of his status uh, But one, he's not that marketable And two, they've got guys like Brock Lesnar and John Jones Sniffing around that title now So unfortunately for Stipe, he's going to have to go kick rocks He's going to have to beat some other dudes up And try and work his way back to a title fight But he's, he's a year off fight for that title again, at least so, yeah, I mean that's just we're beating a dead horse talking about the rankings and and what's fair and what's not in the UFC at the moment. It's the entertainment business now, yeah, so just go with it, man. Don't stress yourself out by by saying who who deserves what. Just they're making exciting fights. Just just go with it, run with it. If you're, you're the fighters, that sucks. Try and be more exciting, um, in and out of the cage. So yeah great fight and and as to that uh, here was me last weekend hyping up this card. yeah yeah awesome everyone get, get out and watch it gonna be a you know, massive fight card i had family in town didn't i so i couldn't dedicate a whole day to watching this thing um i kind of didn't even mention it to anyone until the morning oh i didn't want to stress everyone out and have them trying to plan their day around it so while the fights were going on i kind of dropped into the sentence uh, i might just pop down to the walkabout and watch you know the, the the last two or three fights of this card that's on today And everyone was like, oh, okay So me and my brother-in-law did that Shot down at the walkabout And shame on you, walkabout They didn't have it on Broke my heart, walked in there nah, no, no UFC on There was people watching look like World Cup re- replays or some shit in there and so quickly jumped on Facebook and found who else was playing it The Last Chance Tavern bless ya we jumped in the car cruised into South Headland um, they had the tables set up there and the big screen and everything they were making an effort to, to um, put a good showing on there was, yeah there was 25-30 people in there or something some people were already half cut more than half cut even um <laughs> At whatever, 11 in the morning So we jumped in and just caught the last two fights I had to watch everything else via highlight And, and, and things on my um, different apps and pages during the week So yeah, I let myself down there a little bit But it is what it is, family's more important Had to do what I had to do I caught the the main two fights I caught Stipe versus DC So I'm stoked about that And yeah, shame on you walkabout So The other... Big highlight for me And hopefully for you guys listening Of the week Was um, The State of Origin, man What a sick game that was What a ripper uh, I am a New South Wales fan Blues fan And we didn't win the game We won the series But That's okay I don't mind It was an awesome game It was a ripper of a game So You don't mind losing games like that It wasn't frustrating to watch You know It wasn't Dudes just making constant mistakes It wasn't just the refs Ballsing everything up and, and giving another team the unfair. Decision. It wasn't. It wasn't like that. It was a lot of free flowing football. They were moving the ball around. Uh, Queensland came out looking real strong. They had in the first half seventy percent, seventy percent possession compared to uh, obviously thirty for New South Wales. And I mean that was all up on Queensland's try line. So the defence that the Blues did in that first half was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. They. I mean it must have been seven or eight repeat sets on their line. Every time the ball getting kicked into into uh, over the over the try line, so they were having repeat you know repeat sets straight off the line, kick outs, uh, twenty meter restarts, goal line kick outs, things like that. It was just insane, and they just kept showing up, showing up, showing up, making the tackles, and then ended up scoring two at the end of that half to get us back into the game. Um, we came out. I thought we were going to take it in the second half. I thought we were going to have confidence from that. Queensland might be a bit. You know, beaten down after all the work they did, and then and then us getting a couple of quick ones at the end of the half. But um, they came out, and both teams were fairly evenly matched again. Queensland came out with the right energy they needed to get themselves back in the game, and as that half went on, it just New South Wales that all that defence we did on our line just started to to wear on the men. And you could see in the last twenty minutes they were just they were just knackered. You can't and you can't blame them. I mean, these are the fittest guys in the game. Um, playing the hardest game that there is, state of origin. Uh, It's said to be harder than a grand final, you know. So they didn't didn't have enough left in the tank. They they let a couple of tries go through due to being a bit slow off the, the mark. Uh, and off the line, and, and then they let a few opportunities go wanting at the other end when we could have possibly scored tries, just because we didn't have the energy. People were, yeah, there wasn't that explosion there that we needed anymore, and Queensland kept showing up in defence. So, yeah, you can't complain about it. Great game. Queensland played awesome. New South Wales played awesome. They got the win. Um, it was Billy Sl- Billy Slater's uh, retirement from representative football, his, that match. So, it was good to see him get man of the match and the Wally Lewis medal. It he, he was also his first time captaining the uh, State of Origin team. First time and, and last representative game. So it was a bit of a fairy tale story for, for Billy, even though they didn't win the, the series. And there was a bit of controversy around him getting the Wally Lewis medal, um, which is best player of the series. He only played two games and there were arguably better, more involved, more influential players throughout the series and even maybe throughout the game. But I think sometimes uh, Billy Slater is due what he's, whatever he's due. You know, whatever he gets is, is are his dues because of what he's done in the sport, the work effort he's put in, the injuries he's come back from. This is an absolute freak. This is the best fullback the game has ever seen. And if he was a shoe in for a medal that maybe someone else could have been in contention for, who cares, really? Like, so, so what? I think that you know, he, uh, he, he's place for Queensland, and I'm not butthurt about it, so... That's just people having a whinge as they like to do. Uh, he was one of the standout players for for Queensland. I think also Munster could have been man of the match. Dan Gagai or Valentine Holmes could have possibly possibly been your, your Wally Lewis medalists. They scored a ton of points, just caused havoc on the wings, just ripping through guys and just. Both those guys are so dangerous, man And they really know how to score a try Especially on the very, you know, on the, on the, right out on the, the sideline They do those flying tries with their feet in the air Where it just touches, you know, half an inch inside the line So both those guys, for my money, would have been up for um, contention For Man of the Match and Wally Lewis medalist But whatever, didn't happen Daily Cherry Evans had a ripper as well on Wednesday night It was the first game he got to play for Queensland this series And I'd, I'd say they'd be mad not to, not to put him back in next year um, and for New South Wales, I'd say our standouts were the, the captain Boyd Cordner, Damian Cook uh, playing in hooker. He, he did a great job, ton of work. Tom and Jake Travoyevich, the brothers, especially especially on Wednesday's game, they were both just everywhere, put in the, the hard yards. Tom Travoyevich scoring a, an intercept try from the twenty metre line. You know, um, James Tedesco, James Maloney. Both these Jimmy Maloney, both these guys, yeah, all these guys, I think were standouts for the series. But uh, it is what it is. Billy Slater got the nod, so yeah, let's give him a give him a um, give him his juice, give him a clap, move on. Uh, great game, great series, and I think that we're going to be evenly matched moving into the next few years of this. Especially next year, I'm really looking forward to see what goes down. They're going to play uh, game two. Yeah, they've been playing it in Melbourne the last three or four years. So they're going to they're be playing that in Perth next year at the, new, at the new Optus Stadium. So that is really exciting for us, us gropers, mate. I'm going to be getting down there with the old boy uh, to watch that one for sure. Never been to a state of origin that's playing in Perth. I think it's perfect timing. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that next year. And, again, yeah, hope we have a, a good, tight, con- con- uh, contended series and the Blues take it out. So, uh, what did I say I was going to do? Regular, well, it's regular footy season again. Now, Storm playing the Seagulls today. That's all I've got for you. That's my team. We are number three on the ladder. I think we can take the Seagulls out and and, um, start making a run towards finals. Uh, again, I think it'd be Billy Slater and Cam Smith's final years, definitely Cam Smith's. I'm not sure if Slater's playing next year, but it'd be really great to see those guys get the, uh, get the championship again, bring it home for Storm. As for the AFL, uh, I don't know what's going on this weekend, but I know that it's the Derby, the Western Derby next weekend. I hear that Fremantle been struggling a little bit this year, so the Eagles probably be, probably be your favourites for that. And I will watch the derby. I always like to watch the derbies and and finals footy things like that. I've only got so much time in a week. I can't watch everything, but I'll, I'll watch the derby next weekend. So um, yeah, let's go to the Eagles. Sorry Dockers, you guys are struggling. You'll have to come back next year. You got, a, you got a, they got a good young team, so it's going to take them maybe a, a couple of years to build that up. And teams go through those phases every now and then. But yeah. That's, that's obviously one that people are going to be Probably keen to check out next weekend uh, The regular footy is back on uh, Local footy is back on this week um, Yeah, so it wasn't off for school holidays It was just off for Marble Bar last weekend As I was talking about on the podcast So that's back, in, that's back on this weekend Get down, check out your local team, support them um, I think top of the ladder is Wickham uh, at the moment so, yeah, let's see how those those guys go for the rest of this comp. Uh, last night, what did we do last night? Uh, there's a few events around town. It's a busy time of year at the moment. Everybody's taken advantage of the good weather. So, after work, uh, my wife and I went down with the kids, cruised down to um, Waraka Maya. Uh, stadium or the Scott Oval behind Raekawaia Stadium for the Nadoc uh, celebrations. They had some stalls there, some traditional uh, Torres Strait Islander dances, male and female ones. Uh, they had the Bra- the Bradley Hall band playing, which was cool. I love watching the my kids dance around there. As soon as they hear music start, you know they just stop where they are and, and start grooving on the spot. So that was cool. We popped our head down there, heads down there for a bit of support and to say g'day, Saw a few familiar faces. Um, a friend of ours uh, had, as soon as we got there, she was running around in a bit of a, uh, she was a bit stressed out. Her daughter, little five year old daughter, daughter had, had sort of um, gone missing and um, being NADOC. Uh, celebrations. There was, you know, they were, they were mostly black fellas down there, and she's a little blonde girl. So, you know, I thought oh, I went too hard to find her. Look for the little blonde haired girl, roaming around on her own. But it took a good ten fifteen minutes to find her. She ended up being inside the the stadium. Uh, our friend used to work there, so I, th- I guess she um, defaulted back to to what she knew best. Went to the front desk there, and the girls looked after her until Mum came and got her. But I think that was a stressful ten fifteen minutes for for uh, Emma down there. Um, found her. And, yeah, we, we were only there for a little, little while. Kids were getting hungry and grizzly, So I jumped in the car, cruised back into port, fed the monsters and... Uh, sorry, I mean monkeys. Fed the monkeys. And then um, uh, my mate was messaging me saying he was heading down to the Red Country uh, f- uh, Music Festival down here at Civic Centre, which I've been promoting on this um, podcast. We were planning to head down there this afternoon. I thought, you know, you've got to make... Um, you've got to sort of compromise when it comes to kids especially at the age they're at with what you can and can't do but um, last minute thing, I thought, you know, I really want to see some live music I want to get down and and be involved in the things that I'm talking about so we thought stuff it, threw the kids in the shower didn't throw them, placed them, placed the kids in the shower washed them up, scrubbed them up, put them in some fresh clothes and um, we shot down to the Civic Center Gardens here and check out some live music and it was awesome really glad, glad we did it uh, they had, it was chilled. It wasn't it wasn't packed down there. There was people, just families with rugs out and 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 things like that. You know, and um, they had the food vans down there. Uh, PCC supplying all the mu- music equipment and the sound desk. I saw I saw Brad hold it there from PCC. So shout out to you, Brad. I didn't come up and say good day because he looked too busy, mate. But I saw him doing his thing there. And um, yeah, uh, w- what did we rock up to? We rocked up to Philip Wally Stack. Uh, just finishing up. I believe it was him and the backup dancers there. I didn't hear the um, introduction to the band, but I'm assuming that's who that was. That was cool, man. He had a good vibe. They had the the the, uh, dancers on stage, just really sort of pumping it up. Um, good entertainment there. Good, good, solid band. They wrapped up, and next came the Black Sorrows, which for for us um, really made the night. We we, we had a, a, another family we were catching up with there. With two kids the same age, um, and the kids were you know, the boys were right at the front dancing and running a mark, had to keep going and tell them to stop running under underneath the table and behind the barriers at the stage and stuff. But that's cool. They were having a ball, and they played a good long set, man. I, I didn't look at the time to be honest with you, but I. It, It must have been an hour and a half or something, their set It was a good, solid set Good, like, blues, rock, rock, blues type music You know, they did a couple of covers here and there Of old classics Um, But it was just a good, solid, uh, good, solid set Man, I haven't seen good live music like that for ages These dudes are older dudes They're all probably in their 50s now Like, yeah, late 40s, 50s now And you can just tell they know what they're doing They've been playing together, you know, that long They were a tight unit They sounded great live There was... Some saxophone solos going on There was some good drum solos Good guitar solos yeah, Everything, everyone had their moment The dude on the keys had his moment as well It was just tight, real good dancing, groovy You know, that blues rock type of, type of feel it was, I guess there's a bit of country in some of their tracks as well So they've got a bit of a uh, an eclectic sort of range I'd say country, blues, rock but yeah, well, that was awesome, man. We were all having a bit of a dance. I wasn't allowed to sit down because my daughter wanted to be held um, and apparently you're not allowed to sit down when you hold her, so i had just stand up the whole time. That was cool. I was just moving around, grooving to the tunes. Uh, that was wicked. And then we had to get out of there before Downside came on. They were, they were playing at like 10pm and like I said, you've got to compromise for the kids. So yeah, that was a uh, no-muss, no-go for us. We had to kind of bail just before they started. I could hear them from my house three streets away at home. So that was a little bit of a a little bit of a letdown But yeah You, you do what you got to do We got out We experienced some live music Showed some support And we'll be back there This afternoon To check out Whatever the hell they got going on I don't know exactly What's going on The, the Facebook page Isn't the most detailed I did ask for some more information So I could sh- shout it out On the podcast But I didn't get anything back So whatever We'll go down And check that out tonight the, This afternoon and, and see what else they ha- I think they got some stalls Going on and, and probably some more live music Maybe the Bradley Hall band again I'm not sure But yeah will go check that out today It was a great night man Beautiful Beautiful night for it. Um, Where are we at? Another 10 minutes or so. Okay. So, what else is coming up? Yeah, so that was down at the Civic Centre, and that's where... That's where the Northwest Fest will be as well. Northwest Fest, 25th and 26th of August. Bands like Bliss and Esso, Hands Like Houses, Shepherd, Abby May will be playing on the Saturday. We know we've got Sam Perry, The Looper, who won The Voice, and Carla Geneve, the songwriter, singer-songwriter from uh, Triple J, Unearthed. They'll both be playing that day, and then there's some local artists as well. I'm not sure who the local artists uh, are at this stage. I'll be trying to get some information on that over the next coming weeks, and I'm going to even see if someone wants to come in and have a chat with us so I can um, get a bit of a vibe for interviewing someone, hopefully before the Hands like Houses guys get here and I can, um, I can break myself in that way. But yeah, that's what we got coming up because I'm still I'm still going to keep in, t- in contact with the guys from Hands Like Houses and hope to get a few of them in to the recording space at PCC Studios in in um, Wedgefield there, and it would be good to have had some experience with um, someone else who I'm not so nervous around first, so I don't so I don't bungle the whole thing up too badly, balls it up, yeah. Which, yeah, it's all a learning experience, and you've got to have your first interview sometime or other, so it might as well be now, sooner rather than later. That's what I say. Fail, er- fail often, fail early. That's what they reckon. And, and uh, what's another one? It's only a failure if you don't learn from it. There you go. Just a couple of ins- inspirational quotes for the week for you. Uh, in the music scene, we've got Hilltop Hoods and Fundamentals. Both dropped new songs this week. I've only heard them in passing. Um... But it's exciting to hear new music out from these guys. The fundamentals track I was liking the the lyrics I was hearing on that one, talking about the social media uh, culture going on at the moment, using all the the um, shorthand right uh, shorthand uh, abbreviations for, for different words and things like that. That the the kiddos, the youth, are using these days, so that sounds, sounds like a good track. And the hilltop one, as again, like I said, I've only heard in passing, but I'll give it a good listen this weekend, probably tonight. Throw the headphones on, kick back, and have a drink, and, and um, yeah, see what the see what the boys are up to. So that's exciting. Go check that out if you're into your Aussie hip hop. And the intro this morning was time time to relax, sit down. Enjoy a glass of wine. This is the intro from the album Smash by um, Offspring. So while I've got a little bit of time left on the the, the counter, I just want to quickly glaze over that album, man. So Smash is in my top five revolving albums of all time. Um, I've got the five albums. Some slip in and slip out. But in general, there's the same top five albums, which would be Offspring, Smash, uh, Eminem, The Marshall Mathers LP, Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, Californication, Live, Throwing Copper, and then that fifth spot is the one that revolves in and out. There's a bunch of different albums that, that come in and out of that over the years, but that that those top four are pretty much solidified in, in my top five. And Smash, it was, I guess, a thing of, uh, it's a great album, Awesome album That's when the offspring Was still like punk um, And it was also timing Timing in my life Somebody Some blessed human being Gave me a uh, A dubbed tape Of Smash When I was like 12 I guess 11 or 12 Had to listen to it Quietly in my room I didn't have headphones I wasn't allowed to listen To music with swearing in it So I had to listen to it Quietly in my room And when the parents went out I'd, I'd crank it up it was possibly my first tape I ever got. It was one of the t- first three tapes I ever got. It was either that, Nirvana, never mind, obviously, or Frog Stomp. I think Frog Stomp might have been second or third. I got that from my brother for Christmas, Silverchair Frog Stomp. So I'm, I'm going to say that Smash was my first album I ever got on a cassette. If you kiddos who don't know what that is, it's like a, v, a miniature VHS just for audio listening. It was like a, a little ribbon tape that had all the music... Um, imprinted onto it and you'd stick it in the cassette, that funny looking thing at the front of an old CD player you'd stick it in there and um, yeah, listen away, sometimes they'd unwind in, inside the tape deck and you'd have to pull them out with a shove a pencil in the middle and just tweak that back up hopefully you didn't bend the ribbon, otherwise you'd, you'd have like a, what you guys would notice as a skip on the track that was before CDs kids yes, I listened to cassettes as a child and we used to dub them, you could like You'd have two tape decks next to each other. You'd stick the tape in, then a blank one in next to it. Close them up, hit record, and you could record an album for your friend. That's how we used to um, make playlists. Like uh, what do we call them? Mix tapes back in the day. And that's how we used to. Um, we didn't burn CDs. We didn't, you know, that's uh, we didn't da- illegally download music. We we recorded our um, we recorded our uh, tapes from from each from each other from friends and stuff. So yeah, that was. Um, the time of my life, man, you know, like I was a kid, I'd never heard music like that before. It was, I felt like I was doing something naughty. The music was amazing. It had tracks like Self Esteem, uh, Bad Habit. You know, that Bad Habit man was the one that, um, you stupid, dumb shit, goddamn motherfucker. I remember that playing at the school social in year, oh, it must have been like year 10 or 11 or something like that. And um, someone slipped it on the, on the jukebox and the teachers didn't know what was coming, man. And I went to a private school, so that blew everyone's hair back when they when they busted those lyrics out. Every kid in the damn room screamed at the top of his lungs. So that was badass, man. You've got, got to get away. Genocide, something to believe in. It'll be, uh, it'll be a long time. Killboy Powerhead. It's one of those albums you do not skip a song. You someone's finger goes waving towards the skip button when you got the smash album on. Slap that thing out the way, man. It's a fucking... Great album from start to finish My heart and soul is is belongs in this album, man So, um, yeah, that's a throwback The title for this uh, podcast this morning And as I said, I'm going to pump up old music that I love And things like that uh, um, At my own behest during this podcast So that's me, just a throwback Shout out to um, Offspring Smash This is when they were powerhouses, man What a sick album That makes me happy I'm real happy talking about that um, Yeah, I think I've busted up the last bit of free time we got on here Um So I'll just take a minute to wrap this up And and say thanks to everybody for their support Obviously to the dudes who I'm shouting out as sponsors I've asked them to to share and to like my page And share the podcasts as I put them out Try and get a bit of a buzz building up around this thing Try and um, build a a community around it Trying to figure out other ways I can insert myself Into the public sphere Especially um, uh, the community I'm in here uh, if there's anything you guys want to hear me talk about, anything you don't enjoy when I talk about it, let me know, please. I've got the Facebook account, Average Man Podcast. I've got the Instagram account, attached to it, Average Man Podcast. Um, I'm, I'm up for the feed up. If you see me around town, tap me on the shoulder, say, "Hey, dude, love love what you're doing," or "Hey, dude, podcast sucks." I'll tell you to fuck off. Nah, no, just joking. Tell me whatever you think, man. I really want to hear it. Um, yeah, I've had more fun today. I really have. Uh, I think this is. a Bit of a better mix From, from just Too structured You know Straight down the line That's not The style That's not my style That's not the kind of podcast I'm, I'm going to do It's it's entertainment This podcast is for entertainment And to be uh, Tied into the community Around me So it has to be fun I have to enjoy it It's got to be free flowing You guys got to enjoy it too So um yeah I Hope you guys Enjoyed listening Thanks for your time man And I appreciate any feedback I can get um, Yeah I guess that's all I've got to say So, as soon as I unlock this iPad, I'm going to say peace out. Take it easy, y'all.